Welcome to the Town to Learning Show podcast series, episode 19, with independent learning tech analyst John Lay. Today I interviewed Dave Darrington, Director of User Enablement at Azuqua, a powerful app and workflow cloud integration software solution company about how he enables partners, customers, and employees alike. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com. On this show, I'm fortunate to interview the world's leading experts in extended enterprise learning solutions from both the vendor and the practitioner perspectives. Extended enterprise is defined as any education targeted to audiences that are not your employees or academic students, such as customers, partners, resellers, members, and more. Today, from the practitioner perspective, my guest is Dave Darrington, expert in customer education, so much so that he's the co-host of a hot new podcast on customer enablement called C-Lab, and you can find that at customer.education, which is a pretty easy and descriptive URL to remember. Dave's podcast partner, Adam Avermescu, is an upcoming guest on the show, but today is all Dave. Welcome to the Talented Learning Show, Dave. Well, thanks, John, and it is an honor to be on your show. I've been a listener, and you do a great job, so keep having um, having the great pods. All right, cool. Well, uh, flatter to get you everywhere, maybe even some easy questions. <laughs> How's it feel to be on the other side of the interview table? You know, I think this is, a, this is definitely an important thing to do. Uh, we all are a tight community, and we need to learn each other. Uh, we need to get to know each other really well. And the best way to do that is get on each other's shows and, and share and collaborate and, and make the market better. So yeah. it's it's a little weird, but it's a lot of fun. I'm ready to go. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. I founded Towns of Learning uh, five years ago to talk uh, specifically and study extended enterprise and in, including customer education as one of the segments. Uh, at the time, there was really nobody talking about it. So we're just thrilled uh, to see you guys enter into the uh, the, the podcast sphere here and, and share your expertise. Uh, tell us about C-Lab first, your, your podcast, and, and we'll go from there. Awesome. Well, let me give you a little background story. And John, I really want to want to thank you for framing up what extended enterprise learning is really all about. Uh, and I think where we fit into the, this community with you is we're really taking that customer education piece and we're defining it a little bit more sharply. It's a part of all organizations, I believe, or we believe. And, but we're, trying to like push to that segment and the spirit behind C-Lab. And, and I think you're going to talk to Adam as well. It, we're, we're partners in this all the way. Um, we, we met at um, a SEDMA conference actually uh, a couple of years back and just kind of tar- started talking about things. And, and we both agreed that there's a gap. Uh, it's not, I mean, this is one of the things like, for example, I used to work at Gainsight and we talk about customer success all the time. Right. And, hey, that didn't really exist by name 10 years ago. Same thing goes for customer education. I, I know what it's been there, and we've talked about it, and you know it's been part of your fold, and you've been doing this for five years, but we're really interested in that leading edge. You're a, start, you're a startup company, you're new. Um, I think a lot of the times from, from Adam's experience, my experience, and others' experience in customer education at that end, you don't know where to start. You may be, like me, I kind of fell into it. I was an educator, I was a trainer, um, that helped a lot, but when you start working in a fast-moving startup, you know you're you're running in dog years. You're moving fast, and you get thrown into a role where you have to help the customer. My first role was at Gainsight, uh, successful administrator. So I, my job was to go out and look at technical training and get those customers up to speed fast, figure out where the gaps are, you know, learn all this stuff. Um, but Adam and I have both had similar experiences where we came in and we found ourselves in this role, and unlike I think. 
where people in extended enterprise, folks who are instructional designers by trade and education, people that come in with this great background and how to do education, a lot of us find ourselves falling into this field. Now, another example I'd say is a customer success professional. Um, I saw this at Gainsight and I've seen it elsewhere. At Azuqua, where I'm working now, we, we have the same, it's not a problem, it's just a, a, a thing that happens. You come in and you start uh, building training, right? I have to build training for my partners, my customers, whatever. And do you, do you have all that framework about how do I educate customers? What do I, what are the best practices? What are the things that I need to do? What are the techniques? What's great instructional design? Oh my gosh. So this goes on so much. So our mission with C-Lab, C-Lab's the customer education laboratories, take kind of a scientific approach to helping people find the others, the other people that are like them, getting informed by communities like you, where we reach out into the extended enterprise and learn stuff from that. But then we're focused very tightly on bringing people up to speed, helping them understand their role and get to really understand what they need to do to be successful and feel like they're not alone. So I don't know if you've had that similar experience, but it, when, when, you learn, when you're dropping into something for the first time and you don't have experience like that, and you don't know what instructional design is, and this is not by anybody's fault, it's just you're crafty and wanna learn, we need to help get people up to speed. So that's what our mission is. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, with extended enterprise and, and customer learning, you know, what we've seen or what I've seen is, is that it can be driven by HR. Uh, you know, the internal HR group can, you know, extend out and, and holistically support all the extended enterprise audiences uh, at the same time uh, from the, the same platform. But probably much more commonly, it seems that the business units or customer-facing uh, groups or customer service uh, uh, or customer success, as you mentioned, uh, managers or directors or VPs, you know, they tend to go out and and make purchases on their own. And mm-hmm. so, as a result, the skill sets of their team are wildly different. And so, I think you hit it right on the head. You know, things like instructional design and content development are real important topics, uh, certainly for a long time in employee learning solutions, but now there's new kinds of professionals. You got a, a special name for them. What are, we generally refer to them as customer educational leaders. And I mean, you can ask, apply any name you want. I think we're right. all kind of in the same boat. What, what do we call yeah. us? What do we call ourselves? <laughs> we're, <laughs> we're, not outliers. we're not outliers. Not we're anymore. Not outliers. Hey, so tell us about, uh, so uh, not only are you expert and you've been thinking about this in, in multiple uh, SaaS and platform companies, uh, but now at Azuka, Azuka, uh, your your responsibility now is about that uh, customer engagement. Could you tell us about what that role is? Uh, you know, you know, what would be responsibilities in that, and uh, you know how that applies to your organization now? What what you're trying to do? Oh, uh, you're asking me for a job description. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I gotta probably said that more succinctly. <laughs> no, no, that's awesome. I, and I got that reflects on like what do we call what do we call this work we're doing? What do we define as these job roles? And in fact, my director of HR, both at Azuqua and formerly at Gainsight, are like, well, what what's your role? I've ri- I've written those roles for myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'll you know give some props to my manager. Uh, he's the chief marketing officer at Azuqua. It's Dan Kogan, great guy in. He, let me tell you a little bit about the story for me to get to Azuqua. I think it was kind of fun. I was working at Gainsight at the time, and I found Azuqua. And my mission at 
Gainsight at the time was Gainsight is a really cool platform for customer success. And, and it's why it's cool is because it helps bring a dashboard and actions to things that normal happen, adoption data. I would say in a big extent, all of customer education, one of the pillars that drives it is customer education. Extended enterprise, you know, you're, I need to, I need to get that customer enabled fast and get them up to speed. So Dan definitely saw the need. I went and I, I delivered a webinar with them at Azuqua. Um, I was a remote employee for, for Gainsight. And at the end of it, they said, Hey, we want to talk to you. We're trying to hire somebody for this very thing. Can you, what do you think about joining us? And I'm like, Oh my gosh. So my role got defined as user enablement, right? That's a little broader than customer education. And I kind of like that. Um, because if you're a user of Azuqua, you could be a partner, you could be an internal employee, you could be a customer, whatever the case, you need to learn, you need to learn fast. So my, my responsibilities are, are pretty clear. Number one is the director level, I have to set the, set the direction. So the direction is, we didn't have anything really when I, when I came in, no training. We had documentation and some material, but I needed to, to define the landscape, figure out what we needed, do the gap analysis, fill the holes, Get an initial training rubric, you know, a, a program together, and and really start to provide that foundation for our customers, a customer defined as a partner, an end user, or even our team members, so that they can get up to speed quickly. So I'm a little bit weird here, and again, I think a lot of customer education folks are that I have a very broad job description, and I'm in marketing, which makes it even more, and I love it, but it's even more weird because now I'm like thinking about use cases and other things and trying to be a little bit more out there with social. And so I have, um, I'm doing Twitch. So we're doing live training on Twitch every week, uh, product demos. Um, we're doing webinars. We're doing podcasts. So I have a podcast too for work called The Connector. Um, I'll, maybe I'll stop there, but I mean, there's a very wide latitude of roles and it makes it very clear that every quarter I need to sit down and define OKRs and targets because it shifts every day. I love that. I love being in a startup because I'm not really in a box. Um, I'm not just doing content development, but I'm also doing, you know, big programs or thinking about a social campaign or uh, maybe I'm doing an evangelism and I'm talking in an engagement. So that's my job. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's big and broad and fun. Uh, it sounds like for, for those of us that uh, aren't as familiar with your, with uh, what your platform does, uh, could you sum that up for everybody just to get us all grounded? Totally. So, if you are aware or have ever used If This Then That, or you've ever played around with Zapier, these are really great applications that really allow a point-to-point -point action. So let's say I get home, uh, and If This Then That fires off and knows that I'm in a location, and it says, oh, um, go to my Google Home and say, hey, Dave, I'm glad you're here, and it turns on the light. I don't have a smart light thing, but I could turn on the lights and flash them and do all this crazy stuff, right? So that's, that's automation. What we are is we're going further with that and building basically an enterprise-grade uh, tool, a platform. This is called iPaaS, Integration Platform as a Service, right? Mm -hmm. It means it's in the cloud, and it's a platform that allows you to connect anything to anything else as long as it's an app and I can talk to it. I can get really nerdy on that, but let's just say we're here to help. <laughs> we're, we're here to help connect your world and give you a, a technology that allows you to programmatically connect, manipulate, and get information where it needs to go. Take action upon your data. Um, 
And it's actually, we've talked in the past a lot about integration. So a lot of times you have an integration with a platform. We're trying to steer companies away from having to do that. Why should you build your own integration when we have connector, connectors for all the major apps and we're connected to 250 other ones? So think about the permutations on that. They used to be a scientist, so that's hence C-Lab. Um, like you can do anything. You literally can do anything. We have a Turing, this is really nerding out, we have a Turing complete visual programming interface behind all of our business automation technologies. So think about that, let it sink in. Mm -hmm. And what would be, uh, I don't know, top three or five type applications that people use to out of those 250, just for some, for instances? Oh, absolutely. Like you can connect to Salesforce, you know, you can read and write from objects. Uh, if you use Smartsheet, you use project management tools like Trello or Jira or, you know, what, whatever you think, you can go to azuka.com and there's a nice little application page and there's some common use cases. Uh, marketing automation, for example, is a really big one. So you might have Marketo and you might want to uh, take some of the data and put it in Slack, for instance. Um, you know, Slack is one of our big connectors. It, what's really cool, so, so imagine Gmail, Slack, uh, Twitter. You can set up really fantastic automations to pretty much anything. So think about marketing. Maybe you, maybe you want to take your podcast to the next level, and when you do a recording, it takes that recording and it uploads it to a service that automatically sizes it, does closed captioning for it, spits out a, a thing to Dropbox. That Dropbox thing goes to WordPress and uploads into um, your podcast application or your podcast app in WordPress and does all. So basically, you connect the dots. Um, wow. All the, the most common apps. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you can. And that, that, that's the whole point is that I want to save time. I was talking on a podcast I had earlier. One of my favorite use cases was from Aramark. And Aramark had an environment where they're trying to do RFPs. And there's actually a recording here on the site on Zippo.com. Um, they wanted to take start out, kick off an RFP. So they had... Um, a, I think Rike is their project management tool. And what they would do is they would in, create a new instance of, an, um, you know, they would assign a project to a project manager. They would update a master project script, um, um, project plan with all that information. They would take a template from DocuSign and they could automatically fill all that in, have all an automated program that would send that document to close a deal or get that RSP signed. And then they could basically move all these things through the work, um, through a workflow. They connected like four different apps, including like Dropbox and Rike and Google Sheets and, and Slack or whatever. But the, the point is they built this thing that saved them 40 hours a week. Wow. wow. Let that sink in and we can use it for anything. Wow. Cool. So uh, so who would be the, the buyers and and or learners? Are they the, the same person in an organization? Is it? Is it you know one or two people? Do you do you sell or would you, would you sell that organizationally to an organization that had lots of learners? Uh, what, what's the scenario for this software? Uh, typically, we have a couple of different cohorts. Uh, one of them would be kind of an ISE or a partner level or an organization that's helping. Let, let's say John that you had an application, and your customers are saying, "Well, I want to connect um, my your application to Workfront." or I want to connect your application to Smartsheet, whatever the case, they want to be able to, to work with their data in your app and connect to different applications. So we like to call that, you know, we have that persona, a partner is setting it up for their customers. Mm -hmm. Oh, sure, I can deliver this integration. And it would take them hours as part of, um, you, you know, you, you deal a contract, you're in a services organization, and it might take you just hours 
to, to build a flow that would address that customer's need. So we work as kind of a, a partnership arrangement for that. And it's really great. It's a really great way to do things. We build them the tools, the partner does it, and the customer doesn't have to deal with building out that workflow. Conversely, we have a self-serve um, offering. So you, John, could be one of those people to say, here's a flow that I have. I have a, a Twitter auto follow. So what I'm doing, I have a Twitter thing. I have a, a flow workflow. We call it a flow, F-L-O. Um, it goes out and it looks at Twitter for different hashtags like customer education, like customer success, like automation, digital transformation, things that are relevant to me. And then I follow people proactively based off those hashtags. And then I can do all kinds of things on that. So it's marketing automation in that context that I can start sending messages. I can do, I can have a spreadsheet with a whole bunch of messages I want to send out and, and send that. So the self-serve users can easily create flows for to solve particular business needs pretty cost effectively and, and fairly easily. And when they start getting into it, they realize, oh my gosh, I could do this, I could do this, I could do this, now I can do even more. So those are the different cohorts we've got. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so do you treat the education that you provide uh, those different those two cohorts uh, differently is it the the same education how since they come at it from two different standpoints what's your approach with those uh, from a content perspective yeah I, I, that's kind of interesting this this company this organization i work for number one i have to say i love working in azuka because it's a really needy problem to solve for. When I go to train people, I have to think about all kinds of stuff and not just teach about the product, but teach about conceptually, what are you trying to do? So uh, what th there there is a little bit of differentiation between the two. So let's say you're just an end user. You buy, you sign up for a free trial and you start working with the product. Um, ultimately, you want a lot of self-serve type content because you want to keep it cheap. I don't want to, you, you might not want to pay for training. So you could join me every every day, every um, Tuesday at 10 o'clock, I do a product demo with a use case on Twitch. So it's free to, to sign up for and you can learn a lot about the product or you can go to um, our academy. So that's a zuko.com slash academy and you can go through tracks of training uh, and when you can pick and choose. So for partners, those people I'd really want to have the whole, you know, the full Monty, everything. So they may get the 100 track, the basics, the 200 track is more advanced and the 300 track, but then customers can more self-select into what they need. And I don't force them into anything in particular. It's always good to see folks really motivated and interested, but I, I'm more into the just-in-time type training. You get what you need in the moment. Um, we're, we're working on a lot of automation to help detect, okay, you, John, are struggling with a particular card or connection. I can kind of detect that you're having, or you can notify me and I can get you training in that moment. So there's a little bit of differentiation. I build all the training for everybody. And then we go further. Like you might need live training for partners to go deeper and answer specific questions. So it's a mixed mode type approach. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And the medium of the content? What I like to do in my design um, strategy is I start, I tend to start off with a document and I, I work with my subject matter experts and I get all the material, you know, this is content or design, instructional design, good form. Um, I iterate, I do more of an agile type approach and I get the content squared and tested and have some limited customers look at it and then I put it online. So I like to have a video and then I have a document that has everything that's in the video. If you don't like to watch it, you go however you want. I have hands-on material if you want to actually do the work, too, and you skip all that other stuff. So, again, it's mixed mode. That's all on demand. Whenever you want to do it, it's all there. It's live. I've recorded it. But then periodically I will do full trainings, you know, the whole, the whole thing's top to bottom. 
and we'll do things for customers uh, live if if there's a request. You know, the the spectrum is, and what I find really interesting is, typically it's easier to do instructional design. I'm sorry, instructor led training first, and then back into on demand. Frankly, in this case, I had to do the on demand first because we had such a big self serve market. So mm -hmm. again, it speaks to like the fact that customer education. In, in a lot of cases, when you're working with a, a fast-moving, high-speed company, you got to flex a little bit and, and not necessarily be so reliant on standard methodologies. You kind of have to come up with something that works for your customers and your team. In the spirit of your company, what is your learning system integrated into? Like, what, what would be some parts of your ecosystem? Oh, you'll love this. Um, I have I built my own learning management system from scratch accidentally <laughs> and and that, that wasn't intentional but what i have a philosophy like i there's hundreds i think over what is rob castaneda from service rocket had said at one point it's like 900 and something different um lms's out there there's tons you know we and i've listened to your podcast and you talked about like in the origins of lms's and you have companies now like skill jar and thought industries are coming up with really great platforms um I decided to take another track where I built out my academy just using HTML. And in fact, we actually use a um, GitHub and we develop our training live or develop our training into a platform like a developer world. It's really weird. Um, actually kind of cool. So I just have HTML right now, but I've back-ended all of this with uh, a very simple. So prototype my system, Google Forms, and then I have our product surfacing all that so i look and see when somebody's done a quiz or take an activity and i have my whole ecosystem built off of pretty much off-the-shelf tools that are very inexpensive um and again i'll caveat this by saying i love lms's and i have a strong need for them at certain stages but if you're a startup and you're really trying to get out there fast you may not have a budget for that some of them can be quite expensive so it's really good because by the time i go and engage with a vendor I've got everything laid out and they can see it and basically we can rec replicate it in LMS and take it to that next level. Wow. That's interesting. That's interesting. That isn't the spirit of your company. Uh, mm -hmm. together, uh, free tools. Eat your own dog food. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So how do uh, uh, just about all customer education uh, professionals seem to, to, to be obsessed with, with measurement uh, to some degree, uh, probably because that's how you get funding and justify your work. Uh, what are your what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I guess on your own measurement, things that uh, you can track your your progress and, and and success on, and I guess also from an advice standpoint to organizations that are thinking about you know, what would be the easiest things to measure and prove our value. John, I so love this question. Um, and in fact, Adam and I on our C Lab podcast have, have talked about this very thing: um, metrics, data. You know, how, if I think one of the biggest challenges to us in the industry in general. Like this fans customer education on up all the way is what are we actually training to? And and I don't recall the, the, the attribution here. I can't give it. I think it was one of yours, but one of the big things is you want to show value. You want to show ROI. Are you, um, are you focused on services type engagements um, where it's going to cost so much and you're, you're looking at the bottom line? Well, that would be like, if you want to take that thing, I only do, live trainings and I've charged this much and this is how much it's going to cost us and this is how much money we're going to make. You can go that route. Um, for me, I tend to look more about consumption and adoption. Um, we've talked about, and, and, uh, and you know what, I'm going to steer away from some of the terminology that Adam would use when you talk to him as well. Um, 
but uh, you know, you're looking at the long term. You're looking at adoption. I care mostly about, hey, is a customer using the content? Are they struggling with anything? Uh, do I have like an NP, an equivalent of an NPS? Let's say, John, you took my uh, Zuko 101 course, and you get to the end of it, and you said, meh. Well, I'd have uh, ideally an NPS question, and right in the page, it said, on a scale of one to ten or zero to ten, what do you what do you think? Do you like this or not? And it would, and you know. Give me feedback. So I'm looking at all those kind of data points. Um, who's consuming training? Um, what accounts are they correlated to? Or what accounts are they they under? Um, can I see an uplift for companies and organizations that are using training versus those who are not? Then I can start seeing a, uh, sharing that message. If you use training, you're, we're seeing a 100% increase over, um, that's ridiculous, but we're seeing a definite lift in success with this product. Um, how many people were in training? What are they doing? What are they struggling with? All these kind of things I'm looking and tracking. Um, in fact, this later this month on the 31st, and I'm not sure when this podcast will go out, uh, I'll be giving a talk on data specifically of, at a meetup in San Francisco. So it's, uh, uh, we'll, we'll talk about that more. And this is like a sticky question. We, we've talked about it a lot. So generally, I'm concerned at my level of getting the material there covering gaps and making sure people are starting to consume that content. Um, mm -hmm. and, and that can take on any, anything. The advice to you, dear listener would be <laughs> take, take out a pencil and paper and sit down and think about your company's bottom line. So at, at Azuqua, we're very much in a growth state. So what I can do to contribute value to that is say, I have an onboarding program for my customers that helps drive them through to the training that they need in the moment. I have a just-in-time offering to get them over gaps, uh, and I start to correlate or causate to adoption. And those can be squishy values. Me, you know, I want to see that what's your product usage time, and did that versus you know when you took training or versus when you did not. Um, Things like that really are helpful. And we've got a lot more on our site if you want to look, uh, get on any of the customer education, you know, the C-Lab podcast. We, we talk about in this at length in, I think, episode six or seven. Excellent. 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 Well, folks, uh, there you have it. Uh, sage insight about customer education from uh, Learning Tech Industry Vet Dave Darrington. Um, Dave, thanks very much for coming on the show. Uh, it's great to have a uh, uh, fellow compadre here in, in, uh, customer, in customer education. Uh, thanks, everybody, for turning into uh, another episode of the Talented Learning Show podcast series. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com, and you can find more of Dave's content at customer.education. Uh, you can also go on iTunes or any of your podcatchers of choice and look up C-Lab. Uh, you should find it easily. Also for Azuqua, that's azuqua.com. Uh, we also have a podcast also on iTunes. It's just called uh, The Connector. Uh, and you can learn more about you know, kind of in a more casual, fun way there. Thanks, John, for having me on. All right, Dave. Have a great day, everyone. You can find more of our content at talentedlearning.com.